Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to the I Had to Change podcast. I am your host, Charlotte Lewis, and I am excited to bring you a new podcast today. Um, We're going to talk about being authentically you, and I'm going to dig into uh, two barriers or maybe two reasons on why I believe that we hold ourselves back from being um, our authentic selves. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about uh, two, two things that um, I had to deal with in my change journey, uh, one being rejection and the other one being people pleasing. So sit back, relax, and let's dig in. All right, let's talk about being authentically you. That's right, being authentically you. Who are you? A lot of times when we someone asks you that question or even when we ask ourselves that question, we're kind of sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what exactly do you want me to say or what is this answer going to be? Um, because in itself, the question is so complex because I believe that we are complex. Um, When somebody says, well, who are you? Uh, We like to put this descriptive, um, I could give you a whole bunch of words to describe who who I am. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, um, I'm an executive pastor, I'm a first lady, um, I'm an author, I'm a writer, uh, I'm a blogger, I'm a podcaster, uh, what else? I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, et cetera, et cetera. We have all these descriptions on who we are. And so many times we identify ourselves um, by who we are as well, by those descriptions. That's how people look at us. Uh, when people talk about me, you know, it's like, oh, that's first lady, or, you know, that's usually I get that's, uh, you know, pastor's wife. (laughs) That's okay. Or Josh's mom or Devon's mom or Jordan's mom or whatever. So we all have this description. And and I believe the more descriptions that we get, um, there is this danger of us losing who we really are because we start to define ourselves by how everyone else defines ourselves. Um, Mom, wife, uh, you know, employee, CEO, whatever that is for you. And we start to lose who God calls us to be, you know, a daughter, um, his righteousness, uh, whatever words you can come up with. And, and we kind of just define ourselves by how other people define ourselves. And I believe that sometimes we we lose who we are. We don't know who we are authentically. We start to pick up those traits and those things and those likes of what other people like. Um, You know, one day, this was years ago, somebody asked me uh, the question, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you do, you know, when you're not with your family? And um, many years ago, I didn't have an answer for you. Uh, because I didn't have anything on my own. My entire life was really wrapped up in my husband and my children. I did what they liked. Uh, they like to go to places. That's where I like to go. Uh, wherever my husband liked to go eat, that's where I like to go eat. Uh, because um, I uh, am also a people pleaser. 
or let's say was a people pleaser. Um, so I wanted to make people happy. So I stopped doing and being who I was and I allowed myself to really be everything for everyone else. I became somewhat of a chameleon. Whatever other people wanted to do, that's what I did. If they wanted to go to the movies, I went to the movies. If they said, if I would have said, oh, I would like to say this, and everybody else said, well, no, we want to go see this, I go right along with what everybody else wanted to do. So over those years, early in my marriage or so in my life, I kind of forgot who I was and what my likes were. Um, so I started to lose, in, in a way, kind of my identity of who Charlotte, right? Who Charlotte really was. Um, and I kind of carried that way into adulthood, way too long, um, until I started going on my journey of change, uh, of healing my past hurts and going to therapy and going to counseling and talking to other people. And I realized that I really didn't know who I was authentically. And what I discovered as I went on this journey was that there were two main reasons for me, two main reasons, and I don't really think they're just for me because uh, I see it in so many other women as well, but there were two reasons that kind of held me back from identifying who I was um, and really from me being myself. And those two things were rejection, rejection for my past, uh, rejection in my now, <laughs> or even back then, um, and people pleasing. So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit, if that's okay with you. So here we go. Uh, rejection, you know, is, can be and, and is devastating. Um, and I believe it's something that the enemy uses uh, to really to get us to stop, to get us to just to abort our dreams, to abort who we are, uh, to abort really anything uh, that makes us happy. And rejection can come from anywhere. And it's hardest when it comes from people that are supposed to love us, uh, people in our families, people um, you know that we believe are our friends or even people that were our friends. So rejection is very hard, especially you know, when it happens early on in our life. And one of the things that I've, um, that I worked through in my change journey was rejection in my life started very, very early in my life. Um, even before I understood what rejection really was and, you know, and some things that I didn't even realize was rejection. Um, my, my mother and my father, when they had me, uh, my father, um, you know, was married. My mother didn't know at the time he was married. He went back to his family. Uh, so I grew up without him. A um, few years later, my mother remarried and uh, my stepfather kind of became my father because from the time I was five, he was my, he was my father. So when I, when I say my dad, I usually talk about my stepdad. Um, but there was always a part of me that felt rejected by my biological father because he went back to his wife and children. And, you know, now that I'm an adult, I look at the situation completely different. They were adults. They made a mistake or what they thought was a mistake because, heck, God, God knows I was fearfully and wonderfully made. So I know I was not a mistake. Hello, somebody. Um, that's something for you. If you're listening and you feel like you were conceived as a mistake, you are not a mistake. 
God knew you. He knew you in your mother's womb. So that's for you. You are not a mistake. Uh, but for many years, I believed that I was. I believe that maybe I'm the reason he rejected me. That's why he went back to his wife and his, you know, his children, etc. So, um, you know, and then growing up in a dysfunctional family uh, with my dad who became a drug addict and an alcoholic, and um, I always felt like he rejected us uh, because the drugs and the alcohol were more important in his life than his wife and his children. So there was all of this rejection um, in my life. And then I had a, you know, I had a son in college and it didn't work out, uh, you know, with his father and I, and uh, he went back to his old girlfriend. And so, of, of course, I was rejected again. It must be me. So with all of these rejections, it just every time there is a new rejection, the old one comes back. And now we feel like it has to be us. The common denominator is us. So people must reject me because there's probably something wrong with me. That's kind of what the enemy tells us and even what the world tells us, that the more we become rejected, the more we feel like it's us. But I'm here to tell you that is a lie. (laughs) That's a lie from the pit of hell. Um, Because I want to share with you three things that you have to remember when we have been rejected or feeling rejected. Because here's, but before I get there, let me say this. Because we may have had rejections early in our life, anything, anything that may even feel like a rejection, even when it isn't, even if it's, it could just be an offense that we've taken, but we turn it into rejection because we've been rejected so much in our lives that a lot of times we miss it. And it wasn't even in rejection, but we walk around our life talking about well, everybody rejects me. Nobody wants me. Um, it could be something very small or something that most people wouldn't get offended at. But people that haven't dealt with rejection in their life, who've never really done the work to to work through rejection and forgiving people and, and, and moving forward, they're going to be rejected their whole life. They're always going to feel rejected. So if I'm talking to you today, if you feel that like everyone always reject rejects you, I will want to say to you, please go and talk to someone, a professional, someone about rejection to find the root cause of your issue. Um, it was hard work for me, but I know it's something that I needed to get done. So let me get back to the three things uh, that you have to remember when you've been rejected. Number one is rejection is not a projection uh, of future failures. Let me say that again. Rejection is not a projection of future failures. Um, It's good to acknowledge the hurt, uh, but don't see it as a permanent hindrance. Move on from the source of rejection and don't let it shut you down in any area of your life. Uh, Like I said earlier, you know, we get rejected in, in one part, whether it's we get rejected by a friend or we get rejected, we lose a job and we feel rejected. And now we go, you know, I'll never get another job like this, or I shouldn't work in a certain industry because I've been rejected. Um, no, that does not, that's not what that means. Sometimes we have to look at it, figure out what it was, what's the source and move on. Um, because the truth is it has already stolen enough from your present. Um, don't let it reach into your future you know, renounce the negative talk that can hinder you and replace it with God's word. 
praise him in advance for what you know is going to happen. Um, you know, you know, God's going to deliver you. You know that God is going to take you to, um, you know, from glory to glory to glory, but you have to, uh, stay in his word. You have to figure out what he is saying about you in your life. Because if not, you're going to keep going back and you're going to keep allowing the enemy to tell you that you're not worth it and you are rejected because it's you. So no, you have to shut down that negative, negative self-talk when it when when rejection happens. Number two, um, there is usually some ele- uh, element of protection wrapped in every rejection. Okay, w- what does that mean? Um, I know it's hard. Uh, it, it, it's it's a hard one to process at the time when we get rejected, you know. But for many um, of my past rejections, I can look back now and see how God was allowing things to unfold the way they did for my projection, uh, for my protection. It, okay, w- what do I mean by that? There have been uh, relationships. Um, or there have been people that have rejected me. And now I can look back and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you from, for covering me. Thank you for getting me out of that relationship. Thank you for giving, getting me away from that job. Thank you for getting me out of, uh, from hanging with those people, right? Because sometimes we feel like we're being rejected by a group of people or the in crowd or the people that we want to, you know, the cool people, whatever you want to call them. And we think that we're being rejected when in essence, God is really protecting us because we weren't supposed to be with them in the first place. So you, you need to kind of renew your mind when you think about rejection, because really um, think about this. Think about one of the worst rejections uh, that you've dealt with or some of the rejections in your life that happened years ago. Look back And I'm sure at this point you can look at it and say, wow, God covered that. God knew what was going to happen. So think about that. And then number three, um, rejection is a short-term setback. It's not a permanent condition. The emotions that you feel that are so intense today, um, I'm here to tell you they'll ease over time. If if you allow them, uh, you just have to watch uh, you have to watch and think and talk about uh, this rejection. Don't allow rejection ha- to happen and you just keep it in. You just keep it bottled up. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it with anyone else. That's where it festers. That's where it gets worse. And that's where it will stay until we get rejected again. Because the reality is we live in this world. We're going to get rejected. Because if we give it the power to define us, it will continue to haunt us for long term. But if we only allow rejection enough power to refine us, the hurt will give away to healing. Um, How can I say this to you? Well, because I've lived it. I've lived it. The other day on Facebook, um, I saw this post and it says rejection is redirection. Rejection is redirection. Um, It's just a redirection in your life. You know, sometimes we think we want something so bad and then we get rejected. And the reality is we didn't even need it in the in the first place. So 
deal with the rejection in your life. Get to the root cause. Find out why you wanted that thing in the first place or those people or that job that you were reject that you think you were rejected from. Right. Uh, think about I don't know if anybody here knows any actors. Um, I have a friend that's a uh, that's she's an actress, actually someone that's in our family. And uh, she was talking about and just sharing how um, out of probably 20 auditions uh, or probably even more than that, 20, 30, 40 auditions, uh, she gets rejected uh, 99% of the time. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting rejected that many times? Uh, but it is her dream to be an actress and her dream um, that she believes that God has called her to do that. She realizes that I don't care how many times the door gets slammed in my face. All I need is one yes. And that that's for you. If you're a podcaster, if you're an author, um, if you're a mom, if you're if you're looking to buy a house, if you are trying to buy a car, whatever it is, you know, 50 people may say no, but all it takes is one yes. So don't take the rejection as I have to give up or I have to lay down. I can't do anything else, but look at it as a redirection. So here's the, the other reason why we have a hard time uh, being us. Well, well, before I get to the second point, though, let me say this about rejection and not being our authentic self. The reason that we're not being our authentic self when it comes to rejection is because we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid of rejection. So therefore, we're not really being our authentic self because now we get into my number two, which is people please. We please those people because we don't want to be rejected. So now we're no longer our authentic self, right? We're no longer our authentic self. We say yes to stuff that we should be saying no to. We say no when we should be saying yes. We do things. We do things for people. We make um, concessions. Uh, We do things that we ordinarily wouldn't because we want to please people around us so they don't reject us. See how that goes hand in hand? And there's a scripture uh, in Galatians, uh, Galatians 1.10, 110, um, that says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Um, It's one of the scriptures that I actually have written out because um, I said earlier, I'm no longer a people pleaser, but the reality every now and then it creeps in and I'm right back to people pleasing and I have to renew my mind and I got to go back to my scripture and say, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. And it always brings me back to why am I saying yes? Am I saying yes to people or am I saying yes to God? Because sometimes we say yes to people and God is like, yo, what are you doing? I didn't ask you to do this. You know, that's not part of my will for you. Um, You know, I I told you what I wanted you to do. And here you're over here doing that. And then we say, well, you know, I'm a good Christian and that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm supposed to be a helper. And God is like, yeah, you all of that. But I didn't tell you to do that. So our goal, our goal is to uh, to seek the approval of God, not of people. So here's this whole thing. What happens when we're people pleasers, and just in case you don't know if you're a people pleaser, uh, 
If you're saying to yourself, well, this isn't really for me because I'm not a people pleaser. Let's just see if you are. Because here's a question for you. Are you honest with others? You know, one of the greatest signs of being a people pleaser is not being completely truthful with others about who you are. We say things, you know, we really don't like. We go places and say we're enjoying it when we're really not. Um, you know, really, when in reality, we're in a place uh, that we would never be on our own. Like I said earlier, I used to be that, that girlfriend that when I go out with my friends, well, where do you want to go? Well, I was thinking this. And they'd be like, well, I was thinking this. And I would immediately go along with whatever they wanted to do. And because I was so afraid of being rejected, I would always do what they wanted to do so they wouldn't reject me. So within that, I realized I really wasn't being my authentic self because when they would ask, well, what do you like to eat? My answer usually would be whatever they like to eat. And that wasn't even true. So I reprogrammed what I thought I liked because I was trying to please them. But that's just me. I don't know what that looks like in your life. You know, we do things like we nod our heads in agreement with things that they say, even though that we don't feel right about that in our in our hearts. I see this all the time, especially with with new Christians. Heck, even what I believe should be seasoned Christians at this point in their life. But, you know, I'm not going to judge. But, you know, the reality is a lot of times um, we see Christian. I see Christian women who go along with things of, of, of people, you know, either with their boyfriends or stuff like that, or even with their friends where they would go to places that they know that they shouldn't be at, whether it be happy hour or whether it be, you know, in a bar or at a club or, you know, in places where uh, temptation is all around you. You know, you can't, you're not even at that point yet where you can say no to certain things. You know, you just, you're in conversations and you're gossiping and you're talking about people and you know, in your heart, this is not right. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, I don't really feel good about it, but because you're a people pleaser, you can't stand up and say, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to roll with this. I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm not going to get into this with you. Um, so, so that's where we, you know, that's where we people please, you know, because we're scared of telling people the truth about our feelings, our desires, our thoughts. And we start to develop a pattern of telling others what we think that they want to hear in order to not be rejected, in order to remain, um, you know, accepted. And that's something that at some point we have to reckon with. And something that I had to reckon with and realize, you know, I'm not going to be around people. I'm not going to be in a circle of influence with people that I don't really agree with anymore. I'd rather be on my own and not have any friends for right now <laughs> until God sees fit to give me a new group of friends. But we're so afraid of being alone. We're so afraid of um, being rejected that we will stay in relationship with people uh, even though we don't agree with them. You know, so there, there, there are also times when people are dishonest about their true thoughts and feelings because, you know, we're trying to keep the other person, um, what's the word I like to, we try to keep them fixed or happy. And, and what I mean by fixed is like, well, I don't want them to unravel. I don't want them, I want them to be okay. And I'm supposed to be helping them. So I don't want them to feel some kind of way. So you know, we're willing to give of ourselves for someone else, but we lose our identity 
in the process. And then the, 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 second, the second way that you, you would know that you're a people pleaser, if I'm talking to you, is what's your motivative? You know, what's your motive? What's your motivation? Is it duty or is it desire? Is it duty or is it desire? Um, because that's a big indicator that we are people pleasers is that we do things out of a sense of duty instead of desire. In other words, uh, we do something for someone because we feel obligated or it's expected of us. And we're afraid if we don't do it, others will get mad, they'll reject us, they'll think badly of us, they don't like us anymore, blah, 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 the whole thing. Um, it, it, it's a, you know, let me give you an example, especially in a church setting. One of the things that, that my husband and I try to uh, model and teach uh, as leaders in our church is we have this model where we say we get to serve. You know, we don't have to serve. No one has to be an usher. No one has to be a greeter. No one has to work in church, children's church. No one has to do any of those. Does there have to be a person in that capacity in order for us to have a um, to have a well running uh, a church? Uh, yes, somebody has to be in those position. But our volunteers, our staff, don't have to do it. We get to do it, and it's a mind shift. So sometimes we may have volunteers that show up, and we could tell they're not in the best of moods, or they had a you know they had a rough week, or you know, something happened in their family and maybe they're going through some grief or they're going through something. And I will always say, you know, you don't, you don't, and, and they'll say things like, well, you know, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll serve. Cause you know, I, I, I'll, I'll serve if you need me to. And my response is always like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> if you don't want to serve, you don't have to, you know, if you feel like it's something that you want to do and it's your desire, but you don't do it out of duty. Because when you do it out of duty, everyone can tell. If you're doing it because you're doing me a favor, everyone can tell that you don't really want to be here. And I would never want to have an usher or a greeter at the door if they don't really want to be there because the people that are coming in and that they're hugging, they can tell. So that's just in a church context. Let, let's take that you know, out into the world. Ever been to a customer service um, uh, line at Walmart or, tar well, I probably shouldn't say Walmart or Target on this podcast, but you, you get it. Any of the stores, any store really. And you go to customer service and you can tell that they, they, they don't really want to be there. It's the same thing. They're doing it out of duty. Number one, because that's their job. Number two, because they get paid, but not really their desire to want to walk into the word of customer service. Like I'm servicing the customer. They forgot about that, but that's a whole nother podcast, I guess. So, you know, please, please understand me that we don't, we do not have to want to do, to do everything we need to do. You know, there are some things that we are required to do. And if we don't do them, problems develop. I mean, let's be real. There are some things that we have to do. Um, as a mom, I got to cook dinner, right? If I don't cook dinner, my kids don't eat. Uh, if we go about a week or two, somebody's going to call CPS on me, <laughs> right? Um, I have to clean my house, right? It, it's my duty to do that. If not, um, you know, somebody else going to call CPS because my house is a pigsty. There are things that we have to do, but God gives you a balance. 
a balance on how to how to do that. And I don't even want to know if I want to use the word balance because I really don't think there is such thing as balance. Um, I think there's something as management. We have to manage the things in our life. That's what I like to say, actually. Uh, it's funny. I heard my first lady say that today and I'm like, uh, say that a couple of days ago. And I'm like, wow, I've been saying that for a long time. Like, I don't believe in balance. That's it's always how do we manage everything that we have in front of us? So, you know, I believe that God gives an op- gives us opportunities to to manage what we need to do. We just need to make sure that we're doing things because we're not because we're afraid of making someone angry or because we think that they reject us. You know, we need to make sure that we're doing things out of love because of what God is requiring us to do. Or am I doing things out of love? You know, why am I doing this? Am I doing it to to make people want to look favorable upon me? Uh, am I doing something because I want brownie points? Am I doing it to get an girl or a pat on the back? Um, because I always believe when we do things in order to receive any type of praise or even a pat on the back, we've already lost. Because to me, when we do that, then we're not doing it out of devotion for God. And God is not going to smile down on us and say, oh, I see you. Because we're only doing it because we want him to see us. Like, I want to do it because I love him. That's why I'm doing it. So I want to encourage you to pray and ask God to show you what your motives are in everything you do. You know, if you're making decisions based on pleasing others to satisfy your need for approval, then it's time to make some changes. And so I wanted to give you those two things, really, uh, rejection and people pleasing to start getting you to think about who are you? Who are you? In order for you to figure out who you are, you need to know what are your patterns? What makes you tick? uh, What happened in your past? Uh, If you got my book, I Had to Change, it's one of the first things I talk about. Uh, You have to go back in order to move forward. You have to figure out why you get offended easily. And most people get offended easily because they've been rejected in the past. And what does that rejection really mean? Sometimes rejection is, you know, I said it earlier, it's a good thing. And sometimes is, could rejection be because your heart really isn't in it? You say it is, but it really isn't. And that's why there is some rejection there because people feel that spirit or people see that spirit. So we always have to go back and ask God, to to really look at our hearts. You know, we have to go back and look at our hearts and see what is missing, what's broken, what do I need to fix? And the only one that can fix it is Jesus. But he's asking us to do the work. He's not just going to do it for us. Can he miraculously? Absolutely. But he is requiring but he is requiring us to do some work. And whatever work that is, that's required of you. All of our work looks different, but I'm here to tell you, don't ever give up because you are worth it. You are worth the change. So I hope this was a blessing for you. Go ahead and do me a favor and share it with somebody that you know, uh, especially someone that is struggling with figuring out who they are authentically and are able to say, I want this, or I want to do this, or I want to have this, or I want to get to this place. I want to start my, I want to start writing my book. I want to start a podcast. I want to start a daycare. I want to um, become a CEO. I want to start my own business. Whatever that looks like, you are worth it and you can do it. But first, 
you have to start with you and that's you need to know who you are so i will talk to you soon uh make sure that you you know tell someone about the podcast i'll see you soon i'm charlotte and i'll talk to you soon Well, that's a wrap today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor. If it was a blessing to you, go ahead and share it with one of your friends or share it with someone who you believe may need to hear this. And I would love to hear your feedback. What are your barriers? What are your struggles to being the authentic you, the beautiful you that God called you to be? I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at ladycharlotte.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lady Charlotte. Feel free to also um, be part of my uh, Facebook group called I Had to Change. Uh, Just type in I Had to Change and you will see the group uh, and like that page as well and be part of uh, just the change journey that we are doing. So again, I would love to hear your feedback and I will talk to you guys soon. God bless.